Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number three of our show. Welcome back. It's five o'clock. And we appreciate you being with us here. All lines open for you to call in and participate in the show. You are my co-host, 478-646-3776, 478-646-ESPN is the number to call. You can also go on Twitter, at Bill Shanks. College baseball starts tomorrow. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Georgia should have a really good year. Of course, SEC, how do you define that, right? My gosh, it's hard because the SEC is so unbelievably good at baseball, of course. Great teams. But Georgia, new head coach, Wes Johnson, and, of course, Charlie Condon, one of the top prospects for the MLB draft. So we can't wait to see what the dogs do, and we'll have them on Sunday. Can't wait. The great Jeff Danzler and David Johnston, our great friends, will be doing the play-by-play, and we can't wait for the broadcast of Georgia baseball here on the Superstations, except in Brunswick and Blackshear. All right, we've got three lines open. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to throw someone under the bus, you can. If you want to throw Bobby Cox under the bus for not putting Terry Pendleton on the line in game six of the 92 World Series, while we love Bobby Cox, you can do that. Ken and Macon joins us. Killer. How you doing? Uh, I want to throw a couple well. back with the Arizona Cardinals and the Atlanta Falcons when Keith Brookings was third and 15, <laughs> and, then, and then he blew the coverage and we got beat. And <laughs> it, it that and Eugene Robinson was staying up all night with a whore and coming out. <laughs> And getting blown up by Shannon Sharp. Oh, that was rough. Yeah, the Eugene Robinson thing uh, always burns. Uh, I'm sure it burned him. And, um, you know, that, that Keith Brooking thing hasn't been brought up in a while, Killer. That's good. Because, man, he got he got blown up, didn't he? And Falcons... I mean, it, you know, that was an interesting year. That was 2008. It was the first year of the Mike Smith, Matt Ryan era of Falcons football. And they shocked everybody by going to the playoffs, which, of course, didn't used to happen a great deal. And then for that play to happen and for Keith Brookings just to – I'm with you, killer. And then also one other thing. What does uh, Arthur Blank and Joe Biden have in common? <laughs> well, they're both over 80. It's but is this that. a joke? Have you got a punchline for me? Well, it's the truth, but okay. I hate to say it. They both keep them both team and country hostage. There you go. I like it. And they're both over 80. That ought to tell you something, shouldn't it? Yeah, and then and then one other thing. Okay. The Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs and the Atlanta Braves—they lost some players. Uh, do you think the players that's replacing the ones they lost from Georgia Bulldogs and the Atlanta Braves are going to be able to make up the difference and possibly win a championship? Well, killer. 
the Atlanta Braves roster on paper is the best in baseball. I don't give a damn who the Dodgers have signed. The Braves roster is the best in baseball. I truly believe that. Um, I think the Braves rotation is better than the Dodgers. I think the Braves bullpen is much better than the Dodgers. I think the Braves lineup one through nine is better than the Dodgers. If if we're going to try to hold the Braves up to a standard of, well, are they the best team going in? I, I mean, if someone wants to call me up and make a case that they're not the best team on in paper going into the season, I'd like to hear it. Now, of course, they're going to have to go through a lot of questions, but I love this Braves roster. I mean, I love what he's done. He's added Reynaldo Lopez. He's added Chris Sale. Tyler Massick's coming back. He brought back Jimenez and Johnson for the bullpen, and I'm excited about Jared Kelnick in left field. I mean, I, I know Eddie Rosario had a good year last year, but I think Kelnick's going to be a better defender. And I think if he can stay healthy, he'll be a really good player. So I don't worry about the Braves roster. I think they've replaced their players very well. Georgia's roster, I mean, killer. Georgia lost a lot of players. And, of course, they lost one of the best players in the history of their program in Brock Bowers. But I think 1 through 85, can Georgia's roster be better this coming season than it was last year? Yeah, I think it can. You feel good about that answer? Uh, I just, I just don't really know. It's hard to kind of tell because you don't know. You just don't. I mean, and with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, and with the SEC, the way the way everything is, and the way the transport portal. I mean, you can't never tell when somebody might be there one minute and gone the next. So that's what's so scary about it. Even with Georgia Bulldogs, with Kirby, Coach King Kirby Smart. Yeah, but the, but Georgia's roster management's been exceptional. I mean, they've done a great job. They really have. Jeremy in Memphis is next. Hey. Hey, Bill. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. I want to talk a little football with you. Okay. Um, first on the Falcons. So, I, I see a lot of talk about – see, like, every other day goes by, I see some kind of talk about Atlanta trading up to get Jaden Daniels. Um, so, what do you – so, what do you think – what do you think about you would have to give up to trade? Now, I mean, I'll say this. This is Kyle Pitt's fourth year. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they have to decide uh, pretty soon. I think maybe before this year starts, they're going to pick up this fifth year. And a lot of times, when you when you when if you're going to pick up a fifth year on a guy, you're going to sign him long term because after that fifth year, you got to decide what to do. Of course, I think they could franchise tag him for the sixth and seventh year. But you probably wouldn't go that route with him. Um, so my thing is, they're probably going to need to sign him for multiple years um, or try to trade him. And if you trade him to New England, you don't have to give up as many draft picks probably, right? Would, would you think about something like that? Yeah, I mentioned this earlier in the show. There was actually, right when we started the show at 3 o'clock, there was an article that I saw from – Pro Football Focus about trades that could shake up the offseason. I wondered if the Falcons would be involved, and actually it had Justin Fields going to the Steelers, which is another team that obviously has been rumored to be having some interest in Fields. And in, and even though the Falcons weren't mentioned, I wanted to see what the price was. And they had the price being a sixth round this year and a fifth rounder next year. 
So, uh, and I said at the time uh, in the 3 o'clock hour, I, to be honest with you, instead of giving up a second-round pick this year, even if the Falcons were to have an extra one from the Ridley trade from Jacksonville, I'd rather give up Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, could that make it where if they did that, they could turn around and draft Brock Bowers at 8? Well, it could. I don't know if Brock Bowers will be available at 8. Um, I think – they would probably have to pray to God that he wasn't because if they gave up, passed on another Georgia Bulldog player for a third year in a row that would be on the board when they picked, uh, they would have a lot of a lot of explaining to, to, to do. But either way, I, I, I don't want to sign Kyle Pitts in the long term. I have no guarantee that this offensive coordinator is going to use Kyle Pitts the way they thought that Arthur Smith was going to use him three years ago. So – if it came down to trading Kyle Pitts or trading down a second rounder for Justin Fields, I'd trade Kyle Pitts every day of the week. Well, the, the only reservation I have about Justin Fields, I, I think he could be a decent quarterback, is the fact that next year you have to pay him a lot of money. He's already at the fifth year. So you're going to have to pay him, a, you have to sign him for a lot of money, at least right. for several years. And, and I, I'm not crazy about that. But if you, no. if you trade, if you trade with New England for Jaden, so you would give them, your eighth pick this year, you give him Kyle Pitts, then what else do you think you'd have to give him? Maybe a, a second rounder and then maybe no. like a fourth rounder or what? Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, to me, Justin Fields shouldn't have exceptional value. He, he, he's, he did show improvement last year from 2022, but I, I still don't think he proved that he's a, uh, uh, franchise quarterback, did he? I, I mean, I no, don't, I'm, I, I'm I'm uncomfortable about even giving up a day two draft pick for for Justin. No, Fields. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying if you trade if you trade for Jaden and, and you gave him a Cal oh. Pitts and your eighth pick, would you have to give him say a, a second and a fourth two or maybe or I mean, probably no more number one picks, right? I mean, what what would it take to get Jaden? Do you think? I saw something about that the other day. If the Falcons moved from eight to three. They would have had to give up, I think, their second this year and then their third next year, something like that. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I think my problem, Jeremy, is I'm not convinced with any of these quarterbacks. Uh, I'm curious about them. I'm curious about Jaden Daniels. I'm curious about Justin Fields. I'm not convinced this is what they need to do. And uh, maybe that's part of my problem and what's costing us costing me some more clarity on what exact path the Falcons should do. Um, I hate giving up draft picks. There's no question about that. And I, I, Daniels is someone that's like, okay, yeah, let's take a shot at that. But I, I, I think I'd be just as comfortable bringing in fields and drafting Pennis in, uh, Penix in the second round. Yeah, would I mean, you? That, that, I mean, if they that, if they traded for Justin Fields and then drafted Michael Penix the second or third or whatever the hell he is in the second round, we would have we would have Penix and Fields. Certainly, between those two, they could develop a franchise quarterback, couldn't they? I, I think so. I mean, that's not a bad move. The only the only reason the only thing I'd say about again, Jalen, if they would take if you swap first picks and then they and you trade them, Kyle, if they don't ask for a lot more after that. I mean, as far as, like, high picks, I think you do the Jaden trade. But if not, then I think go with your, what yeah. you're saying, just Fields I, and maybe Penix or something. Yeah, I, I wonder what 
kind of value Pitts has on the open market. I, I don't know if that would move the needle either. Any, I mean, obviously he's a former number four overall pick, but you know, people are going to wonder about that injury, right? They're going to wonder, well, is he just not come back all the all the way from that injury? Will he ever come back all the way from that injury? So he's a very interesting player. I mean, I wouldn't give him a long term contract right now. There's no way, no way, yeah. and especially not knowing what. I mean, we know a little bit about Zach Robinson, but I don't think there, there's room for some huge tight end in this offense to to do great damage, especially when there's question marks about his health still to this day. So I don't I don't think Kyle Pitts has a guaranteed future that you thought he might have with this franchise. Do you? No, I don't think so. And but I, I mean, just don't know what the value would be on a trade market either. That's the problem. I mean, you saw what he could do that first year. He had an incredible first year, but 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 was that an aberration, a pre-injury, or or was it, or is just you know you don't know what to think about him. You, no. you know, in the right offense, can you still put a big production like he did that first year? You just I just don't think you know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't, and and yeah, that's that's kind of part of my problem for sure. And then as far as Georgia goes, how impactful do you think this tight end would be that we got? I think he could be. I think if he, he could be pretty good. And the thing is, you look at the offense, Bill, we've got so much depth on the offensive line now, receivers, tight end. The only thing that still scares me about this team is impact defensive linemen. And I know we have freshmen coming in that, that may be pretty good. But you look at this year's team, Bill, name any freshman, true freshman. Now, Ernest Green was a redshirt freshman. Humphreys was a – Julian Humphreys was a redshirt freshman but name any true freshman this year besides cj allen that made any kind of impact on the team there wasn't one and so i'm kind of worried about this d-line being dominant which is what i think you need to be to win championships i mean well, but, but, but let me ask this, and I, I don't necessarily agree with you but let me ask you this is is because of what jordan davis and then jalen carter did is it hard for us to be fair in trying to make those type of comparisons and finding that type of presence on the defensive line. In other words, are we a little skewed by what Davis and Carter did to where a normal defensive lineman is not even going to be acceptable to us? Um, I mean, I get it because you're basically saying that, well, there's no Jalen Carter on that defense. Well, you're right that we know of, right? We don't know if Jordan Hall can become that kind of a presence on the line of scrimmage yet. Um, we, we've heard great possibilities and, and great projection for him. Let's just stay on him for a minute. There's no question we've heard great projection, and a lot of people do believe that Jordan Hall, for example, can can become that type of player. But there's no guarantee you know, once again, there's going to be experience on the line with Brinson and Stackhouse coming back, but um, there's not that. I mean, we knew going into 2022, Jalen Carter was going to kick ass, didn't we? We knew it. Yep. No question about the fact that after what he had showed in 2021, Jalen Carter was going to be a handful, and he was. And so I think the it, it, but if we're nitpicking to that extent, Jeremy, that's still a pretty good team, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess three guys to look at, really, that, that and I'll leave Gabe Harris out of this for a second because he's more of a DN, which he needs to step up. But three guys that really could help the interior defensive line would be Kristen Miller, Jordan Hall, and Jamal Jarrett. 
be one of those three guys, if not two, need to step up. If a couple guys can step up and be impactful, yeah. I like Jamal Jarrett. He played a lot early in the season in those clunker games. He got a lot of snaps, not so much as the season went on. I think Jamal Jarrett could be really good. He's young. He's a young kid even for for his class. But but Christian Miller, Jordan Hall, and Jamal Jarrett, two of the three guys need to step up. This is Christian Miller's third year. He's a sophomore, but third year. But one of those guys, if not one, two need to step up and make an impact, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think they do, and I, I, I'm sure that's kind of what Kirby's hoping for as well. I agree with you. Eddie and Ackworth is next. Hello. How are you today, Bill? I'm good. Good to hear from you. For, uh, for Jeremy, uh, one guy to watch for is Big Baby. I think he's going to have the breakout year we need. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Jared obviously did get some playing time, but Hall is the one we heard about in August, right? That was the mm-hmm. one that Kirby was supposedly had a little little, uh, little man crush on. So, And we saw glimpses of it a little bit, but if, if given more opportunity to, to push there, we'll see what he can do. So I love Ken from Macon's obscure throw him under the bus, and I got one like that too. Although he left one part out of the Keith Brooking thing, he went to Tech. You got to throw him under the bus for that. Oh, what did he uh, say? Well, no, he threw him under the bus from blowing the call. Oh yeah, so that. so you're saying he didn't also throw him under the bus for going to Tech then? Mine is Bill. The year after the Super Bowl, we went back to the playoffs and we're out in Philly, and I believe it's the fourth quarter, and the game's in the balance. Keanu Reeves has the ball thrown right to him, and he mistimes his jump. It bounces off his shoulder pads to the Philadelphia Eagles, and they get a first down and go on and score and win the game. Well, first of all, you mean Keanu Neal, right? Keanu Neal. I'm sorry. I agree. That's all right. I thought you were, you know, out surfing somewhere with Keanu Reeves. No, I I Um, said the wrong yeah, that was bad. I forgot about that. That was a bad play. You know, he, even though he went to Florida, he was a pretty good player for the Falcons for a couple of years. But that, that was that was bad. I mean, that Philadelphia game, of course, they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. But damn, yeah. we looked better than them, and we just gave it yeah. to them. I know it was in Philadelphia, but my God, that was that was not a good performance. Again, that Dan Quinn should have been fired after that game. Like, you, come on, dude, really? Yeah. All right, I got a question for you, and I'll end it with this. Um, if Steve Wilkes and the San Francisco 49ers had won the Super Bowl, would Kyle Shanahan have fired him? No. The, the, the answer is no. Okay, Shanahan is a punk. He's a he's a scumbag. He's awful, Bill, and I'm yeah. so glad he lost. And once again, he's playing the scapegoat thing that the defense cost him the game. Well, does Steve Wilkes cost their best player, one of their best players, to tear his Achilles running into the football game to go play? No. Yeah. Shanahan is a scumbag. I cannot stand that guy, and and I'm so glad he lost again, Bill. I just wish all I wish he was zero and three with other teams. Not one of those was ours. I am I am too. I, I I think it was awful when I heard that last night. Someone sent it to me on Twitter, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, because it was just so ironic that Dan Quinn did the same thing seven years ago with mm-hmm. Brian Cox. I mean, it, yep. it just blew me away that uh, Shanahan would be that petty to to do that when the when the uh, defense for the 49ers was I mean come on give me a break you were not going to shut down Patrick Mahomes for that whole game I don't give a damn how good your defense was that just wasn't going to happen and especially when your defense was freaking tired as hell because you would run the uh, pass the ball so much not give them more time to rest in between your three and outs early in the second half so he deserved his his bull crap, and and I'm glad people are realizing how bad he was. All right, before I let you go now, there is someone on hold that we have been discussing here, mm-hmm. who 
will want to come on and talk about something. I don't know what he wants to talk about. Chris didn't say what Ken from Cumming wants to talk about. He's been holding for 13 minutes and 50 seconds. Do we let him on to see what he wants to discuss to see if he'll behave himself after the break or not? Yeah, let him on to plead his case, but I am a little disappointed in you, Bill. You're kind of wavering, saying, well, Ken had a hard day, and he was just trying to get at me. No, he, he deserves everything, Bill. You need to lay into him and stop being a wussy and let Ken from coming have it because he sucks about Dale Murphy. He's wrong. He's an idiot. <laughs> Ooh, doggy. All right, Eddie, we got you. We'll take a break. Come back. We got two lines occupied, including Dodger Breath. And two lines open 478 646 ESPN. Back with more sports talk and more of your phone calls right after this. Five twenty-five. the time. Thanks for being with us. So Rob Manford, the moron commissioner of baseball, has just announced that the current five-year term he is having now will be his last term as baseball commissioner. So he will be gone in January of 2029. we got five more years of that idiot. And he's awful. Rob Manford is awful. Just pathetically bad and what he did to to the state of Georgia a few years ago. Screw him. He is a piece of crap. And everybody in the game, except for the owners whose pockets are lined, can't stand the son of a bitch. Ken from Cumming, hello. Wow. I get led into that. Okay. Well, I guess that kind of dovetails to my day. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i mean i i'm honest about things on my show so i let it fly with that sucker so i have uh first of all you know what eddie from ackworth is he's a freaking tattletale that's all he is you know what <laughs> he, he's not a man he's a little 12 year old boy who wears a tennessee t-shirt that just wants to go tattle on people so you know eddie Whatever. Have a good day. I, I think I want y'all two day. to fight. I, look, if if we can get y'all two together and y'all just beat the hell out of each other, we won't call the cops and get y'all arrested. Yeah, he kicked my ass. Uh, he kicked my ass twelve days and twice on Sunday. I mean, no, there, there's no there's no battle involved. Now, if I can okay. have a couple of nunchucks or like you know something to defend myself with, then I might have a. Fight we could look. Game. We could line y'all up back to back, and we could be like Andy when he had. You know, the Hatfields and the Coys or whatever he called those two and, you know, count to five and then he'll pull the trigger on three and go. I had a little bit of a trying day and I'm not going to go into the details, but you know what it is. Moon River. Yeah, he was just kind of messing with you a little bit and and the little tattletale just decided that he was just going to. Yeah, because I missed it. I missed your little comment from earlier. uh, You know, and again, that's the whole tattletale thing. He just got to, you know, deflect. his calls have no substance. You know, all he does is ramble half the time. And all he does is just, you know, use that little deep voice to try and get, you know. Uh, he, he's, he's just a bully. He's a bully and a, and a little tattletale combined into one little human being. But, you know. Welcome to I'm eighth sure grade. Has, 
Exactly. Um, so the people I want to throw under the bus today are two owners in Atlanta, Arthur Blank and Tony Ressler. Yeah. And as fans of both of those teams, Hawks not so much, I'm not going to lie, and, and rightfully so, right? I mean, come on. I have some leeway there. Until those guys either sell, resign, or, God forbid, die, you're, you're rooting for a loser. I'm sorry. You are. Well, they I think are. you're right. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. and, and some people have really laughed about the fact that we never thought the Atlanta Braves and Liberty Media would be the one ownership group in Atlanta that would stand above the other two. But right now, with what has happened with the Falcons for the last mm. 11 years and what is happening now with the Hawks, the Hawks are sad. I mean, this is a really bad situation, <clears throat> I think. And and I, I hate it. I just hate it. I, um, and again, I think I'm more worried because of the way Jason Walker is feeling than even my feelings. And I watch him every, every game. And it's like watching him last night. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Because here's the deal. I hate to tell him. Nobody's going to watch that crap if they lose like that to Charlotte no. by 23 points. No. I haven't watched an Atlanta Hawks game in four years. And I doubt very seriously I will ever watch another one. First of all, I'm not, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Hawks. I, I know they – and listen, I, I listen. I go back to the 80s and the 70s when we had some really good teams and some really, you know, battles with Boston back when basketball was basketball. But if I'm not mistaken, wrestler has like his kid or his son or somebody like as a GM or a president or something. Uh, what the hell are you going to get from that? Uh-huh. He, has, he has no clue, Bill. No. I don't. I don't know if people know that or not. I'm. I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, he has a relative running a high level office right now, correct? Well, I, I, I think we don't know what's going on. To be honest with you, <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, because because listen, the Travis Schlenk situation was a yep. pretty big red flag, right? Okay, the guy who had built your team left, just got the hell out of there, and. Yep. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a problem, you know, and mm-hmm. and and the story that came out about Tony Rester's son and the stories that there were issues and uh, and but but the here's the the thing and and I went and I told Jason Walker last night we were texting back and forth when he was putting up some texts, I mean rather some tweets that were really troubling because again, he he's usually very optimistic about this franchise more than I am and he was like screw it. Is the, the 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 press conference that Landry Fields had last week after the trade deadline, which of course they did not participate in, made zero sense. And it's like I want someone to stand up in the press conference and say, Landry, mm-hmm. you're a five hundred team since you went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Why? What is the problem? You ran Nate McMillan out, rightfully so. Things that he did didn't make any sense, and now here's another coach struggling below 500. Why? And you know the and bad the coach- thing is, Ken. At some point, the answer is going to be Trey Young. Well, I've, I've thought that the whole time, and 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 I, I I mean he's played well. There's no question his stats prove it. Blah blah blah. But Bill, I, I at the end of the day, day it's wins and losses, and and I do think Trey Young needs to go. I do. Uh, I, I think we need to uh, – listen, I didn't make, mean to make this Atlanta Hawks call, but I, the Hawks have so many problems, it's not even funny. 
That's they basically need, they need real basketball people to make a real basketball team. Do you want to win basketball games, or do you just want attendance and just pretend that you want to be an well, NBA Well, I think he just guy, wants to make right? money. I think he, exactly. I think exactly. Tony Bressler just wants to make money, and that's what right. Jason Walker was saying on Twitter last night is, you know, the, yep. the, this is all about profit, and they don't give a damn mm-hmm. about winning. And that's right. a shame and, and because, you know, we the fans don't care about how much money they make. They're going to make nope. so much money when they sell the team compared to what they bought it for that for, for them to do things. And, I, you know, I guess, and, you know, Jason's whole point the whole time has been, look, it all started when they gave Kevin Herter away. Mm-hmm. And then they give John Collins away. And then mm-hmm. they don't make smart decisions. And they sit there last Friday after the trade deadline was over and say, well, we're looking at the big picture. Bull crap. You, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you can't make any decisions on this team. And, and, you know, if you're – I don't know. I don't know what the answer is either because it's – I think that's what Jason's worried about is it's almost like too far gone here. We're going to push the reset button for what? The tenth time in the four decades we've all watched this team? I want to take a moment and I'm taking a knee in my living room with a big old mea culpa to Mr. Bill – Shanks, I don't know your middle name, or I'd say it. I, I did not mean that about Dale Murphy. It, it was a rough morning. I just saw it. I want all your Braves fans to know that I – listen, I've said it numerous times, and I know my calls suck. Thank you very much. I know that. But the Braves are my mistress team. And when my team faltered last year, I pivoted to the team that was you 20 did. miles from me. You and did. both of them just let us down because I – I wanted them to face each other, and God, I wanted that, that this year. I mean, how cool would that be? Many so I'll give you a reprieve, and it is the Bill Shanks show. So I am, I am <laughs> John Roberts on this decision, right? I'm, yes, I'm you the, are. I'm the Chief Justice, even though even though Clarence Thomas from from uh, Ackworth isn't too happy for me. But um, I, I'll give you a reprieve because you have apologized for your Del Murphy comment. And you know, I just I just ask that when we go to Murphs during the season, you come and bow down to the brave that kicked your team's ass for twelve years. I hope you have a great rest of the day. And by the way, when are you going down to Florida? Is it later in March? When you yeah, it'll be later in March, probably. Yeah, it'll be later so. in March. It'll be later. All right, be safe. All, All right, off. thank you, man. We appreciate it. Listen to this again, and and. Uh, we had a caller from Hawkinsville. Stephen from Hawkinsville, I'm sorry. Please call back, Stephen. Dagum Ken got me off track there. Listen to this. I don't know if you've seen this, but the players and <laughs> Rob Manfred is the worst human being alive. I mean, I know some of you think that I'm a vulgar, horrible human being for what I just said about Rob Manfred five minutes ago. He is an awful person. All, worse than Rich McKay. Who's worse, Rich McKay or Rob Manford? Rob Manford. If that doesn't tell you how I feel about the baseball commissioner, nothing does. So I don't know if you've heard this, this situation going on since the players have started to come to spring training, but they have new jerseys. The Athletic did a story about this. Let me find this real quick. The, the, the Athletic did a story about these new baseball jerseys because evidently they're kind of um, 
Oh, let me find these. The talk of spring training is bad uniforms. Let me find this real quick. Let me find this because it's, it's kind of funny. All right, so Fanatics has manufactured a, a Nike Vapor Premier uniform. Um, Luke Malley from the Red said, you notice it at first, but after a while, it's just your toilet paper. <laughs> um, the all-star jerseys from 2023 that look like workout short, short shirts, shirts are now the spring training uniforms. And here's some other, other phrases here. The pants they made are terrible. It's almost like wearing my favorite shirt on the out on the field. I like the old ones. It looks like a replica. It, I like. I think the last names look really bad, honestly. So they've got these new uniforms that evidently is a really big deal in spring training. And this moron, Rob Manford, was just asked about the 2024 jerseys. Now, I don't know if this is going to be the case with the regular season jerseys. I thought this was just the spring training jerseys, but this is what he just said. Their jerseys are different. They're designed to be performance wear. They have been tested more extensively than any jersey in any sport. After people wear them a little bit, they're going to really be popular. He's just an awful, awful commissioner. I mean, he's so bad. He's so bad. I mean, when jerseys are a big story in the first few days of spring training, you know the players must really can't, they can't stand them. And yet, here's Rob Manford saying, by gosh, I don't care. Wear them, and you're going you're gonna to like them anyway. He's awful. Josh and Cochran is next. Hello, Josh. Hey, Bill. I was just wanting to talk about those jerseys because apparently we already saw the new design in the All-Star game last year. They, they <laughs> brought out those new jerseys last year and the – they're horrible. They are just so, Josh. This is just for spring training, though, isn't it? It is for the entire season. Are like, you serious? Uh, we've, we've seen mock-ups of the jerseys that are going to be for sale. Like that, you see the piping for the Atlanta Braves jersey around the edge of the the, the sleeve is bordered to it instead of it being. I mean, it's a tiny change, but there's there's a lot of different things where. The jerseys are like ironed on instead of stitched with the numbers and everything. And oh my God, you're kidding! They're very cheap, and from what I was also hearing, the it's not even Nike that are doing the jerseys. It's something that is subletted out, where it's just to fanatics, the the website that does the the that most of us get stuff from, right? Precisely, yes. And they've also bumped up the prices forty dollars with the crap because they think it's something that's even better than what it was, which is not. They're, oh they're trying my to lord! So it, it's it's not something that's going to fly with a lot of these collectors because there's a lot of jersey collectors out there that sure. want the newest jersey that's coming out, regardless if it's different or not. But it, it's a bad change, and everybody's screaming for it to be reverted. So I and I just I just googled this while we were talking. So the Braves are going to have an edge to their jersey now on their sleeve. Did you know that? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay. Oh, my. That looks awful. And the the NBA or MLB crest on the back is now below the piping instead of above it. So it's 
crowding the words of the, the names of the players and the numbers are smaller, so it's going to be hard to read for all these older folks because I know you love these younger callers that are on, but these older folks that are watching these games are going to have a hard time reading the back of the jersey. Oh, my Lord. Josh, Rob Manfred is the worst human being God ever created. Don't you agree? He's awful. He's just awful. You you put it in the best words. He's worse than any other (laughs) commissioner in any other league. He threw the Braves out of an all-star game, and I don't even – I'll believe it when I see it when we get our all-star game next year. I know. He'll he'll come up with some – Oh, he and, he and Stacey Abrams will come up with some bull crap and kill it again, <laughs> won't they? Unbelievable. Well, some, well some I, I certainly didn't know this. About. Yeah, I, I certainly <laughs> didn't know this. I appreciate you letting me know about this. I, for some reason, thought it was just spring training. I know I heard that some Braves players in spring training, of course, I'm not down there, but I have heard from some people down there that some of the Braves players are pissed off about the hats they have red hats in spring training this year and a couple of people have said we look like the damn red Sox." well i agree with that i mean that's just a spring training hat i can get around that sure that's just spring training but the the jersey design is going to stay relatively the same it's just the like the fabrics and everything some players are saying they're lighter of course and they breathe better but the absolute uh, like overall product is worse than it was wow. last year. That's and incredible. There's just a lot of little details that are just horrible. Yeah, looks I, like I think it. that's a step in the wrong direction as far as uniforms go. So. Well, oh, Rob says they'll get used to it, so I guess that means we're stuck with it no matter what. That's incredible. Well, Josh, thank you for adding some context to some of this. I appreciate it very much. That was good timing. Thank you. Most definitely, and always go dogs, go Braves, and appreciate you being on the air. Okay, Josh, thank you very much. Hope you'll call again soon, okay? All right, four seven eight six four six ESPN. Yeah, go Google Braves jerseys twenty twenty four. You'll see the difference. Instead of the white sleeve just being a white sleeve on the edge of the sleeve, there is a a red and blue stripe like there is in the middle of the jersey. I don't like that at all. Man alive, Rob Manfred. I'm telling you, he's awful. Everybody in Georgia ought to hate this man. What what he did a couple of years ago by taking that away, awful. Taking the All-Star game away from the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta, awful. Pathetically bad. And no excuse. And nobody has the balls to call him out on it and say, hey, why did you take the All-Star game away from Atlanta? Hell, he may take it away from him the next time if he he's awful. I don't want to throw him under the bus. I want to plant him under the bus. We'd love to hear from you. Back with more right after this. Welcome back to the broadcast. Thanks for being with us. 478-646-ESPN. We would love to hear from you. Someone just called Chris and said that I sounded drunk. I can assure you, unless somebody spiked my unsweet tea, I'm not drunk. I don't drink. I should drink, but I don't. I don't drink. And then he said he was going to call the FDA on me. I, you know what? I, no, he said I really that the think F- somebody needs to call the FDA on me. I think that's a good idea. Tell him I said, hey, uh, 548 here on the show. I was just looking up, and I'm wrong about the Braves jerseys. They're, they've always had that little stripe on the end of their jersey, but there is something different about it. 
But, man, I was looking up Braves jerseys. I don't know if y'all have ever done this, Braves fans, especially you younger folks. Uh, look, the Braves have had the current jersey since 1987, okay? They, they've had this jersey, and it's one of the more popular jerseys in baseball. There's no question about that. And I, I like the Braves jerseys. I mean, I, I, I do like a couple of the other jerseys better. And I hope you'll go and look at the uh, other jerseys on Google. Just Google Atlanta Braves old jerseys. The, the 1978 Braves jersey. 1978 was the first year I started watching the Braves. Ted Turner bought the Braves in 1976. A couple years or like a year later, he changed the jerseys. He wanted the Braves to be like the Yankees with pinstripes. You know, the Yankees had pinstripes, right? So the Braves, in the late 70s, the Braves had a, a jersey, home jersey now, with red pinstripes, red, um, you know, collar, red, sleeve, uh, red uh, uh, end of the sleeve, but it was pinstripes, and the numbers were in blue with red border. And the number on the back of the jersey was the only thing. They did not have the name on the home jersey. It was just the number on the back of the jersey. Now, I love those jerseys. I love those jerseys because, again, you know, the first year I, I watched the Braves, that's the jerseys they had. And they also had the jersey in the in the earlier part of the 70s with the the blue sleeve and then the gray middle with Atlanta with the cursive A. And they have played those of the throwback jerseys before. There's a Austin Riley throwback jersey on here for 97 bucks, which is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's a pretty cool. I like that design. But I want to tell you, the one I like the most, and, you know, there are a lot of people out there, and Josh was kind of saying this, but, you know, there are a lot of people out there who love jerseys i'm not a jersey 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 guy i mean i'm not crazy about jerseys i've probably got i don't know i've probably got about seven or eight jerseys overall some georgia a couple of georgia jerseys of course my good friend sam satterfield at satterfield and dempsey jewelers in warner robbins gave me a steve barkowski jersey a couple of years ago and i'll love sam forever for giving me that because that's the best damn looking jersey in the nfl but I, I, I'm, you know, I, I had a buddy of mine um, who lived here in Macon, uh, and we we worked together at the TV station. And he, the only thing he wore, that boy only wore jerseys. I mean, he had a closet full. He probably had, and we were both, you know, we're about the same age, so we were both in our mid twenties, and he probably had fifty jerseys. I mean, because some people just like jerseys, you know, it's just the way it is. But, um, and I've never been that that too much about it but there is a jersey the braves had in 1969 if you go put if you go google atlanta braves jersey in 1969 you'll see a blue pinstripe jersey a home blue pinstripe jersey with braves across the the center of the jersey of course the screaming indian tomahawk or it's not tomahawk the screaming indian on the side of the sleeve and man it's just a good looking jersey it does kind of look like the yankees jersey and um i always thought that was cool then they had a gray row jersey in 1969 that looked really heavy it, it looked really thick and heavy 
but it was just a sharp-looking jersey. And I, I always thought that was the best-looking Braves jersey. I wish they would kind of uh, go use those as a as a throwback. But those 1969 jerseys are, are really cool. And, of course, that was the first year the Braves won the uh, division after being in Atlanta in 1966. By the way, speaking of jerseys, and, and I know we've talked about the Atlanta Hawks. And, look, I know a lot of you out there don't care about the NBA or don't care about the Hawks. I care about the Hawks, so you got to listen to me sometime talk about them because I do watch them all the time and have all my life. So, I mean, I'm just a Hawks guy. What the heck are they wearing? What are those black and blue jerseys that the Hawks wear at home sometime? I mean, I know all these it's, – it's like what Manfred's trying to do about – these jerseys and, oh, go buy a jersey, buy this, buy that. You know, it's all about money. I get that. I know that. But that blue and black jersey that the Hawks have worn a lot this year are those putrid things I think I've ever seen in my life. The Hawks have always had red in their jersey, except for the time when they had green and blue in their early 70s, which that was a bad jersey, I thought. I mean, I wasn't watching them then because when I started watching them, they just had – Red jerseys. They had red jerseys for home and white jerseys for for away or maybe the other way around. But anyway, it was just red and white and maybe a touch of yellow was in there. And But my Lord, now they've got some weird, odd color combination. And I think it's these City Connect things. But are people really buying those Hawks jerseys that are blue and black? Because I don't get that at all. That That is the most unattractive Hawks jersey I have ever seen in my life. And they wear it. And it's like, what are y'all doing? What are you doing wearing those? I, don't, I, don't, I just don't. And I know, you know, some people like jerseys. And, again, some people don't care. They don't care what they're wearing as long as they're winning. And maybe if they were winning, I wouldn't care what they were wearing. But, man, they're losing. And they go out there and wear these putrid-looking Blue and black jerseys. Makes no sense to me, that's for sure. But anyway, yeah, that jersey thing will be interesting to watch because if the players are upset about it, but yet the commissioner has said, well, you'll get used to them. Woo! That'll be interesting. But, man, Rob Manford, I'm telling you, he just knows how to make friends and keep his enemies away, doesn't he? And, I, and I, I'm not kidding. Nobody in the game of baseball of course, they're not going to say this out loud, but he is not respected in the game at all. I've heard people talk at spring training and not just praise people. And it's like, man, he is not a well-liked individual, which I'm not surprised, especially with what happened with the strike or the labor negotiations a couple years ago. He's not a very popular sort, that's for sure. You're listening to The Bill Shanks Show. 